Welcome to the Arena Deckless Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined as always by Brian Gottlieb. And man, we had a, a good weekend, I suppose. We both won tournaments, so I guess uh, we're both going to the regional championship? Question mark. Well, it turns out I misunderstood the assignment, and I did oh. in fact I did in fact win a tournament, and I did qualify, but I registered for the wrong game, and I won a flesh and blood. Uh, road to nationals tournament so i will be at that tournament but have not yet won my magic ptq invite unlike you you stepped back into the ring for the first time and uh, when do you think your last ptq was ballpark Ooh, i don't know i i feel like i, I think i can answer this actually i i feel like it was probably a pioneer ptq that re- you recorded and is presently on our youtube page now that's Online, so I don't know if you want to count that or not. I, I meant more like in-person PTQ, but I bet that was your last actual PTQ. No, I don't know about that, because we played like the Dreadhorde Arcanist PTQ. When was that? The Legacy one. Was that after that? Uh, so that was GP Seattle. I mean, Dreadhorde Arcanist was definitely later in the lifespan of Pioneer, right? Probably. It I, was. That it seems was. correct to me. Yeah, so you, you might have that right. You might have that right. So that was probably your last PTQ, right? That was GP Seattle in, I don't know, 2018 is my guess. 2019? Yeah, that that sounds about right. But okay, it would have been cool if it was the Pioneer one because I, I scooped the finals scooped, of that one. Yes, correct, correct. So you just win everyone you enter. That'd be good. But still, pretty impressive return overall. Yeah, not too bad. I don't know. I mean, I think I've, I've had this problem for a while where I can – know a thing is true, know a thing is great, and I can shout it from the rooftops, but until I win a tournament with it, no one cares. Yep. Kind of thing. Yep. You know, like if I just posted my sideboard guide, would have nobody have gotten would have like 50 retweets or whatever before I won an event? No. And, I mean, the event was 34 people. Like, it was still, mm-hmm. you know, six rounds, so like nine rounds total, whatever. Like, it's, it's a lot of rounds, and it's maybe more results than, I don't know, like, what we have normally but at the same time it's just like i've been talking about this deck for two months y'all yep I, I there's not really much to say it's it's kind of a problem we've talked about for a long time where i think this does relate more to you than me but there's like this kind of assumption that because we haven't been like grinding the games and you know putting in the work on a system that we both hated and had no interest in that we just kind of didn't know what we were talking about anymore. And I, I, th- I do think I know less of what I'm talking about. Like I'm less plugged into the minute to minute stuff, but like as a baseline understanding of magic, that has not changed for either of us. And you just, I mean, like now you've quote unquote proved it, but it's exactly the same situation as it was before. You, you don't know more. You aren't any better. It's just what you've been saying the whole time. And it, it's good to have the validation, but you do wish that people were just like, I have believed this person in the past. Nothing has changed. I'll believe them again. Yeah. I mean, used to kind of happen for people going to FNM or PTQs. It'd be like they would just go on Star City Games on Friday and see what looked good. And, you know, basically just copy a deck list apropos of nothing aside from the author saying that it was good. Like, granted, this is, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Yep. But, but it was like that was kind of like the best source of information you had. But like now that we just have magic online data to go off of and everything. People are just like, well, you know, did it 5-0 league or not, right? And I don't know, in the grand scheme of things, does that matter versus someone who knows what they're talking about 
talking about like how good something is, like their their confidence level in it, you know? No, it doesn't matter at all. And I, I actually think the waters are even more muddy than that. It's not only that, and this could extend to literally any part of our lives, but it's not only that there's like this this moto thing hanging over everything and this accepted way of getting information, but there's also obviously new social media platforms that have evolved over the years. And so the people with the loudest voices on those often get to shape the narratives in a way that will obscure the truth. I, like I said, we see this in all parts of our lives yeah, and I think magic, true. I think magic is no exception, you know, just cause someone has 70,000 followers doesn't mean they necessarily know the best deck. And this extends really hard to YouTube where I actually, for some reason was thinking about the YouTube stuff more over the past week where like there are quite a few YouTube followings where I'm like, this person actually knows nothing. And it is, it is troubling that this is where magic information is coming from at this point. I don't know that I know anyone who's like, yeah, I get my magic info from YouTube. Or there are a ton of people, an okay. absolute ton. And I, I know you don't know anyone like that. And I probably like don't either, honestly, just in terms of like close personal acquaintances. But most people who are like younger than us, that's probably where they get their information from. Uh, maybe. Life comes at you quick, man. I never thought... Like, the numbers are ridiculous on some of this stuff. Oh, well, I know that. But, I don't know. I never... I I just thought that there wasn't much of an overlap between, like, avid PTQ grinder versus person who got all their news from YouTube. Nah, it's it's strange because, like, the, the things I hear people say are... It used to be about, like, the Star City writers. Like, that's... You'd hear them, oh, this is so-and-so's deck, and it's changed. It's the, the names I hear dropped in like the gaming spaces are YouTubers and Twitter personalities, not, you know, people dedicated to the craft. I mean, you're dedicated to a different craft, but it's, it's a very different set of names for sure. This is the old man yelling at cloud section of the podcast. Yeah. That that's what I was getting at with the like life comes at you quick stuff is I I used to be like the edge Lord young kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And Never thought that I would get to the the boomer phase in my life or whatever, but here we are. Whammy, full boomer. So it goes. How big? How big was your tournament? Like, how hard was it? Just just like specifics, right? Because like Boy. I don't know anything about Fab, and I imagine that's probably true for the average listener too. Yeah, it was twenty uh, some people, and as far as how hard it was, not very. I'm sorry if anyone I've played is listening to this podcast, which I know some people are. Not very is my answer to that. And it's it's good, though. I mean, like, Fab in my area is still, like, young. And this was one of the first larger – this was the first, like, thing above an F&M level tournament for the store we were playing at. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people from, like, Long Island and Manhattan area. So really good to see people come from out of town and play. Uh, really good to actually see the locals, like, the the – top eight was comprised of six people that play regularly in the store, including my brother who also qualified for nationals because top four qualify in this. Tournament. Oh, nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, there's just a, a, a really good showing from, from local folks, but there's still a lot of room for improvement in the scene. It's exciting. exciting. All these players have gotten much better, but it was a pretty easy tournament. I, I don't mean to be a jerk about it. But. Well, I mean, top four qualifying is nice. Did were was there anything on the line after that, or was it just like yeah, top four? And yeah, yeah. As as with most things, with flesh and blood, there is uh, like a, a promo prize that comes with it, an exclusive promo you can only get this way, a, a cold foil 
Icelander in this case, and and I was the winner of that. Uh, which okay. Nice. I, I don't I don't know what that's worth, but you like you can't find it to buy online. Not that I would sell it. Like I just keep all this stuff anyway. But yeah, so a nice little prize there that I was excited to add to my collection. Cool. I got three hundred and six dollars in store credit. Did you Did you use it? Oh hell yeah! What'd you get? <laughs> I didn't know if I was ever going to go back to the store, so right. went up to. Cho's house on Friday, uh, who's in Northern Virginia. And then we had a modern RCQ on Saturday in Virginia. And then there was a streets sealed RCQ in Maryland on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So we had, we had a full weekend, right? And Josh squeaked into top eight of the modern one along with me. Uh, he was, he was four and two. And then he lost in top eight. We would have played in top four. Uh, I'll, I'll get into some of the specifics of that stuff. But then it was just like, all right, I, I have $306. He had like 60 some dollars or whatever. So we we pooled our store credit and I just went shopping. Uh, the, the final result, I believe, was an oversized plush D20. Okay, I saw that on Twitter. Yep box of double masters draft boosters okay a pack of dragon shields for nice, josh yeah. to play his ptq the next day next tournament good a monster energy drink a gatorade yeah, stay hydrated love it <laughs> and i feel like there was like some one other like random assorted like a candy bar or yeah i don't know so it, it's like oh what'd you get for when you're ptq and just like i don't know a, a grab bag of stuff well there's there's a promo card isn't there yeah, I got a foil. I got a foil nick those. Okay, that's cool. And then Josh, is that worth anything? Is that a, is that a valuable card? I actually kind of got curious and tried to look last night, and like Goldfish did not have accurate pricing up, so yeah. it just it just had like no dollar value listed. And then I yeah, it sounds like a similar and, situation to mine where it's just like you can only get it this way, and there's not that many out there yet. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There was there was one that was like buy it now for a hundo and some change or something. I don't know if that's accurate, but, mm -hmm. but at the very least there were like auctions going, where was it like 60? So it's somewhere in there, you know? Cool. But yeah, Josh, like, you know, doesn't really want anything to do with like owning cards. Cause what the hell is he going to do with them? Right. Except for like play maybe, maybe occasionally. So, uh, I got like his lava spike and my lava spike and our Nick for top eight and stuff. So yeah, just random assortment of goodies. That's cool. Kind of cool, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really expect anything at this point from like a PTQ entry. So, I think like whatever I get, I'm just totally fine with. I don't yeah. know if you feel the same way, but yeah, I I don't expect much either. Especially so it was, it was 34 people. It was capped at something. Uh, okay, so it didn't it didn't hit the cap? Did not hit the cap. So trying to find information about these events is a trip because you basically have Wizards Event Locator, and that's about it. Yeah, which doesn't always work right off the bat. You need to know like the secret of adding filters and things like that. So Yep. And then even then it's it just shows you everything within five hundred miles and you can't change that. So mm -hmm. it, and there's like no way to sort like distance from you or or whatever. Uh so yeah, it's it's really weird. And then even through event locator, they'll have some information listed for the event and stuff, but it's basically just like come play modern at this store or whatever, you know, it's like the information is just not very helpful, right? It's not yeah. like 
even on the event locator, it says like, oh, well, this one starts at 10, this one starts at 11, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of weird. And then trying to then register for these events, it's like some of them are like, well, join our Discord. Okay, we'll go to our website. Call us over the phone. Yeah, there's uh, th- that is like the most tilting thing, how every single store has its own way of registering and requires different things. And the, the one where you have to join a Discord and like, uh, I don't know, that just for whatever reason rubs me the wrong way. Honestly, that has been my favorite one, I guess, certainly compared to calling someone on the phone. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Don't love the phone call. But also a lot of them are, are basically like, well, go through our website and then register on Melee and then get the companion app. And it's just like, huh? huh? What? Like, why am I signed up for this event in three different places? A lot of stairs presently in the system. That's been Te- first, uh... <laughs> Technology was a mistake. I don't understand. It's like some of these things have made it a lot easier, but it's also just oddly a lot more difficult at the same time where you just like need a lot of things going on. So uh, first time using companion app and Josh and I were pretty happy with it because it's just like bare bones, like pairings and standings. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think I used it at the team event that we played. Didn't we, didn't, didn't one of us use it at that to figure out our stuff? Uh, You might have, I was just going off of melee, which was not great. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe I did use it then, but I, I've heard mostly good things about it. So that that's cool. I'm glad that is functional and happening. Yeah. And the, the morning of, uh, I, I think it was like, oh, you know, like we can just register our decks on Melee. Cool. And then there was just like n- no button to do that. So the morning of, we we actually had to fill out deck list too, which is fine, but it's like I could I could totally see a world where like, we just roll in with five minutes to spare because we assume that we can do it online or whatever, and then we can't. So like so, that's a thing. So what ready. did Melee, what did they do in the process? Like what is its function in the process? Good question. I, I Like maybe it's functioning as event reporter or something. I don't know. But there's a separate event reporter, right? I would imagine so. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Okay. Um, but yeah, what the thing, the thing with the first store, like the, the store was really nice. Both stores we went to were excellent. Just like pretty nice, pretty clean, good kind of like strip mall areas, food around them had ample play space and everything, cool. uh, had other things going on in the store that were not just us. So like they had space to do multiple things. The first mm-hmm. one had, uh, like a tabletop area in the back for people to do, you know, Warhammer esque stuff. And then the other one had like a Pokemon League going on at the same time as the PTQ. So that was cool. But yeah, the, the the first store had it where it was like you, you you know, we're trying to figure out like what time these things start. And it's like their their website says 11 and then you go to Melee and it says 10 and then you call them and they say 1030. And it's just like, oh, my God, damn. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I get it. It's like the, the first time running an event in, in a very long time. But it's still just like, well, if, if that were the case, you would maybe try and get it right or whatever, but yeah, I mean, that stuff matters to me anyway. I think like, I don't know, maybe there's like a lingering assumption, like these fools will put up with anything. And that, that mostly comes out, right? Like put up with Uh, a lot over the years. We did. And and we would continue to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't think it's as true for me now. I'm finding that a huge portion of like, and again, this is mostly like in the flesh and blood space, but what I'm like looking at, Oh, do I want to go to this event? 
I'm literally just picking stores that I had good experiences at and that's yeah. it. Anything else. I'm like, I'm not going to bother with that. Like I, I went to one PPQ in a place that was honestly pretty gross and I would never go back there under any circumstances. There's no reason to. And I, I went to one that was at an incredible store that now when I see them on the schedule, I'm like, Oh, I'll definitely go there. So uh, most, most excellent gaming in Connecticut, by the way, I'll give them a shout out. Why not? Um, but they have a really nice store and I enjoyed playing there multiple times now. So yeah, right on. So I, I think the thing that really kicked off our weekend started on the weekend before where at some point Josh asked me what percentage chance do you think uh, you have of winning one of these RCQs? Mm-hmm. And what did you put that number at? What do you think I put that number at? 35 is my guess. I said, well, you're probably going to yell at me, but 90. 90 is very high, but okay. And he was just like, dude, come come on. You know, like that that's just ridiculous. And I admit I was thinking in terms of modern. Okay. You know, I, certainly for the sealed PTQ the next day or whatever. Like I wasn't going to say 90 uh, or, or Pioneer. I wouldn't even say 90. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I got it wrong because it's 100. It is 100. You, you estimated low. I'll give you that. Yeah. And what, like, was this just a basis of you had, you had figured it out. You, you had the best deck in the room. You had your plans and you know enough that when you're in that scenario, you're just like, all right, this is, this is a near certainty. I'm just really good at these tournaments. You know, it's like, if if I don't win the first one, I'm definitely winning the second one. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but uh, who's got the chips, I guess. Yeah. No, it's just like, you know, going to local store events i i feel pretty favored even though there there was definitely you know some out-of-town talent or whatever and then the maryland one was just stacked okay it was maybe 10 or more people who were like gold on the pro tour at some point you know yeah that's what i was going to ask is you know you asked me the question of how tough was the tournament i, I wanted to ask you how tough was your tournament because like like I heard you say ninety and like my ears went up and I'm like that's silly you can't have ninety percent chance but if you asked me my chances of winning the tournament I played I probably would have said ninety as well so right I, I guess it's a different game with like lower variance but uh, I I it's really about estimation to your ability versus the field right and you were just comfortable that you were that far ahead yeah more or less I mean it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't know until I'm in the thick of it. You know, what, what round did you know you were going to win the event? Uh, I, I think that after like round one or round two, I was like, no, like my, my deck is just actually good, you know? And I, I know that for a fact and it, it is like battle tested or whatever versus, well, I'm like playing games against my friends or whatever. And it, it feels good. And I'm pretty sure this is the choice and I'm pretty sure this is how I'm supposed to build it or whatever. But it's like, you don't know until like you're actually playing the rounds and it's like, yeah, this, this does hold up against, you know, people who have different opinions than your friend group and are Mm. like actually trying their hardest to beat you and stuff like that. So, yep. Uh, and then I immediately lost round three. No, perfect. You know, that's okay. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. the, The tournament had, a lot of players who I thought were very competent and have had recent relative success, but it, it was nothing like Sunday's event. Like Sunday's event was just absurd. Do you think that was a location thing? Was that a sealed thing or why did it draw so much more talent? A little bit of both. Cause yeah, a lot of the, the people are from Maryland. Like yep. 
Uh, Tommy Ashens in Maryland. Matt Lindy was there. Just just a lot of folks like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe it was like this this specific store or whatever. And like a lot of those people had played in an RCQ the day previous. Like Tommy had lost in the finals one. So, yep. you know, maybe if we're, we're just like going to Maryland ones, they're a lot harder. But also it, it just looked like there were, you know, five in the area on any given day. Yeah, a lot of saturation and, and not really good spacing in terms of like when stuff is happening. Like I, I know there are two PTQs on Saturday within 35 minutes of my house. So kind of frustrating that like these are kind of the two I, that could theoretically be closest to me. I can't really get any closer than that given the distribution of stores and they're on the same day. Yeah, that's rough. I don't know. For, for Virginia, when there are a ton of options, you know, especially if you're willing to look like in all cardinal directions. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's two on every Saturday or Sunday, and you can probably pick your format between Modern and Pioneer. That's cool. Good to have a bunch of options, I guess. And uh, what was like, what was the vibe like? Like, did it seem like people were excited to be back? Did it seem, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, were, it, it felt like the, the olden days, you know? Were there a lot of new faces or a lot of, older faces that you would expect to be there like like did you feel like the crowd had changed well Are- arena folks is really what i'm getting at like like during this period of extreme acquisition again record profits again for for magic the gathering uh with the most recent earnings report so more players than ever was that reflected in this player base it's hard to say i wasn't asking people like hey did you come in through arena or whatever see that's the thing i'm definitely going to ask people I don't know. That's like what fascinates me about this stuff. I want to know where these people came from and like who they are and what their relationship to the game is. I probably care more about that than the tournament, actually. And this is why you're 90 percent to win the tournament. And if you ask me me my my percentages, I would go 5 percent. I'm curious and I do want to know that stuff. And if it comes up, I'm definitely not going to shy away from it or whatever. But it also just feels like a very strange question to ask someone just out of the blue. So I don't know. It didn't organically come up. I did right. not know a lot of the people, but I also have not played live magic in, you know, two years and some change. And I haven't lived in this area since, since then also. So right. it's just oh, like, Oh, here's an annoying question for you that you're going to feel uncomfortable answering. How many of the people did you feel knew who you were? I don't know. That's interesting too, right? Like theoretically, there's a point where most people playing PTQs would know exactly who you are. Yeah. And is that still true at this moment? Uh, so I would say that the the person who I played round three and in top four knew who I was. This is Stephen Nagy because I've mm-hmm. known him for like 15 years. Sure. Cheating, but okay. Yeah. And I think for the first four rounds... Outside of Nagy, I honestly didn't know if they knew me or not. Okay. That's interesting. I, I don't know what to make of it. It's it's, uh, it's a changing I, world. but Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible that people did, but I think that, you know. Sure, you want to play it cool, right? Yeah, people were just like more, more low-key about it. Like, yep. they did not give away whether or not they knew me, so. Yep, yep. That's totally fine. I, I think that is something that is a reasonable option as well. Only thing you can judge against is how, like, people used to treat you when you sat down to play an event like this versus how they reacted at this moment. Right. And it, yeah, it, it used to be worse, I guess is, is what I'll say. Yep. So 
this this was actually kind of nice. We're just like, you know, sit down, exchange some pleasantries, just play the games. All right, yeah, see you later. Dude, I, when I first started playing Flesh and Blood, I loved it. I was like, nobody has any idea who I am. This is fantastic. And now I've gone and blown it probably. So. Oh, yeah, because you won your thing? No, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I did like the coverage for the Pro Tour and also make the game. So I think I am becoming more known to these people now. Uh, well, yeah, those aren't necessarily the most like, oh, this is going to make you famous sort of things, though. No, no, I, I I agree with that. But I have now started to encounter people who are like, oh, I saw you do coverage of the Pro Tour. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Tournament was fun. Definitely racked with like uh, a lot of different reasons for anxiety uh, at the start of the tournament. And Josh and I both had a thing in place that was like, if either of us is uncomfortable for any reason, like no questions asked, we can just leave. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a huge thing that actually could make you more comfortable knowing that you're never trapped. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So after the first couple rounds, like everything was fine, played the tournaments. Uh, I played the four color Omnath deck with Risen Reefs and got to make a few tweaks based on, you know, the, the stuff that I learned last week. And then was also sideboard guide up on arena deck list. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to make sure people know if they want to see the full list and all of your, your insight, it's over on arena Correct. Yeah. Uh, a little like Q and D article basically, because I, I, at first I was just like, well, I just want to do bare bones, like decklist and sideboarding guide. But then I was like, well, there's also some weird stuff that people are going to ask about. So I'll just like make a couple quick notes. And then it was like, Oh, it's a thousand words. So yeah, I get you. <laughs> not, not, not quite a thousand uh, or 2000 word article or whatever, but like it, it's, it's kind of close. Uh, I, I can't help myself. I, I talk about things. I have reasons for why I do things and why every card is there basically. So get some of that insight. And then simultaneously to that, I was like also working on Merktide for, for Josh to play and talking to him about it and everything. And I, I might just do a sideboarding guide for that too. Cause I, you know, went through, a lot of that stuff and, and tried to figure out what I thought was optimal. And uh, Josh ended up losing in top eight to Nagy, who was playing like more traditional four color with the counter spells and everything. Yep. Which is, is just a bad matchup, you know, for Merktide, like no matter which way you slice it. And it was weird. Like the, the field, I feel like all the people who like you would consider like the end bosses were all playing four color, but yep. talking to, my friend who lives in Atlanta, it's like all those players gravitate towards Merktide. Interesting. So, but but if you're a quote unquote an end boss, it's one of those two. Yeah, I mean you could you can make cases for basically anything, but yes, I think that if you are just like a best deck playing type of person, it's yep. it's definitely one of those two decks. And Merktide has maybe a better spread against other things, but is pretty bad against four color, and then four color is like, you know, solid. A little bit more solid against the things that Merktide is not. Also um, very customizable. Yeah, that too. And then kind of like wins the Merktide mirror. And then my list with Cavern Souls and Risen Reef was uh, also just very good in the mirror. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it was weird because it wasn't like all, all the decks I was scared of. Like, oh, you know, like Cascade and like maybe some Burn. I did play against Burn once, but... You know, just like all those weirdo decks were not really there. Uh, I played against Grixis Shadow, Amulet, the Mirror Match, Mirror Match three times, I think. Okay. Burn, and then I played against Blue White Urza 
playing for top eight and in the finals. Wow. Interesting. We kind of trashed that deck quite a bit when we saw it. It was the um, same player. It was the same player where we trashed their deck list? No, no. Oh, I oh that you played both been. rounds. It okay, might have yeah, yeah. It might have right. But yeah, yeah, it was the same player I played playing for top. Like they also squeaked in at four and two. Cause it was what, did, what did you think of that that list, that matchup? I mean, you know, that's the other small data point we have is a deck that did well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it? weird because, I don't know, my, my opponents seemed to know their stuff for sure. And we talked about how the, the four color matchup just seemed heinous for their deck. Mm-hmm. And he he still just like kept beating up on the four color people that were not me. He, he like he was he was very cognizant of the fact I think like playing for a top eight in round six where he's like yeah I I I beat it twice already but I know it's like my worst matchup and then uh, he beat it again in top four. But then interesting unfamiliarity my, my draws, or just like you know having a good plan can be worth a lot. Yeah, and and my draws ended up being like very good and definitely popped off with like risen reef and some and stuff. So I don't know. But yeah. No, you know, I had chalices in my sideboard that were just like dead weight, but like, that's good because then it means I'm not playing against the scary matchups and everything. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know for, for like knowing nothing about the field. I, I definitely got pretty fortunate with the decks that people chose to play, which was cool. And I guess, okay. So do you know for a fact, if I can continue to play in these events, I'm I pretty- do not know that I think you can, but I don't know for a fact. Okay, I was guessing that I couldn't because why the hell would you be able to? But I also don't know for sure. So like, I just didn't play in Sunday's thing. I don't. I don't know why I think you can. I I can't answer that. I mean, I just don't know. I will tell you that like again, coming from Flesh and Blood, where you can keep playing, it's awesome. Like you're not just done with your season, and it gives you a reason to like stay involved. And it's I I don't know. Like you want to play the game that you're this invested in, right? Like you don't want to be locked out of your local scene for months. It was never a good system really. Uh, and I feel like they recognize that. And like, at some point I was like, Oh good. I'm glad they figured this out, but I can't point you to a thing that says you're allowed to keep playing. I can't point you to a definitive source for that. So uh, maybe, maybe play it safe until you, <laughs> you get some concrete information. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have liked to play in the sealed thing because I don't think the format is good, but I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then also being able to potentially block for Josh would have been cool, but whatever. I was like, I'm I'm not going to risk it. Like briefly tried to look it up. Who could possibly know? No, uh, no. I'm, I'm sure the answer out there. I'm sure someone is going to be able to point to it. Someone, yeah. someone will reach out to us. That's the best way to do it. It's just complain loudly, and then all of your problems will be fixed. So no, I mean I'm not complaining. It was basically all I was getting at was that I, I'll complain. Then I'm complaining. They should that should be clear information. You shouldn't have to guess for that type of thing. Okay. Well, all I was going to get to was that it would be interesting to continue to play specifically the modern tournaments and try and figure out like, you know, metagame and like why people are picking the decks that they are and like try and get a handle on that because me having no information, I, I kind of just ginned it. I just got lucky mm-hmm. with what decks people chose to play and and certainly like the matchup spread I played against you. So doesn't this doesn't this feel incongruent with the idea that you're like 90% to win where you're now saying you like ginned it and got lucky? Does that actually line up with 90% I, to win? I I ginned it and got lucky where like most of my matchups were very good and I didn't have to try that hard. Okay, so <laughs> you ginned it in that you made your mat, your tournament very easy, but you were going to win no matter what. It's just how hard it was going to be. Well, I mean, I was going to win 9 out of 10, you know. Right. There you go. Just okay. got out of the way early. Uh, fair enough. That's a fair answer. 
like I said, it you know, like small, smallish field, playing modern, confident in, in my deck choice and everything. Like, yeah, 90%. But if if I was playing in the Maryland sealed thing, I'm definitely not 90%. Right. Uh, it, it might be might be flipped. I don't know. But with with modern and the metagame kind of just like being what it is, it, it just feels like you have so much control over your destiny with like how customizable the deck is and everything. So Right. No, I mean, deck building edge is tremendous. And I think, you know, not to say that you're not an excellent player as well, but especially you'll get a huge edge where you have agency in deck building. Like, I am confident you will always be able to uh, convert on that edge. So not shocking that you were able to get this result very quickly. You know how many times I play something like Shadow and miss a bobble trigger and it would just like straight up cost me a match because it's like I... it. I'm on razor thin margins. I just need mm-hmm. to play like absolutely perfect in order to eke out every percentage point. I missed so many bobble triggers and it just like d- didn't matter. Welcome to the Brian Gottlieb School of Magic where you just make your deck that good that you don't have to be good at the game. That's that's literally my strategy. It's just I will be so much better than you at deck building and making the choice that I don't I'll mess things up and probably play suboptimally and I'm still going to win. And it makes it a lot harder. Like, don't get me wrong. I would, I would trade with you a hundred percent of the time. But if I, uh, if I have to find a path to victory, it's just make your deck that much better and have the capacity to go that far over the top of them and and be that much stronger than what they're doing. Because those razor thin margins. I mean, I can, I can do it in the right circumstances. Things like Delver, very comfortable getting those thin margins. But yeah, other spots, I'd rather just overpower my opponents. Yeah, I definitely like it. Feels good, you know. Uh, it was it was just like oh, I only have five cards in my hand instead of seven or whatever. <laughs> right. And they all draw a card. So it's not like it really matters. It's just like one less option you have on a given turn. Right. Exactly. So it, it didn't end up mattering that much. I mean, I definitely lost games as a result of it, but I, I don't think it cost me a match really. So that's interesting. I, like you said, usually those margins are very thin. And, and when that stops happening, that's like my alarm bells moment where like, well, if you don't have to play good, this deck is probably like pretty pushed and either is like the thing you should be playing or the thing that shouldn't be allowed to exist. And so where where on that spectrum do you find four color now? Do you think it's like been a lot of talk this week about whether it's too good for the format, whether something should change, uh, is modern a little stale because of existent, its existence? Like what's your assessment of where four color sits right now? Well, it's kind of weird that you asked that considering I just talked about how there were a bunch of bad matchups that I didn't necessarily want to play against that I just didn't have sure. to. Yeah. So I feel like if you wanted to beat the deck, you certainly could. Obviously there's a very cost prohibitive amount of stuff that goes into it where it's like, Oh, you want to change decks? Like, you know, that'll be a thousand dollars, please. So not everyone has that capability and that can lead to problems with modern as far as like metagame shifts are concerned. Right. So in a lot of instances, your best bet is to, you know, change five cards and hope that it helps. But in the case of this deck changing five cards, I mean, there's not really something specific that you can turn to. So it it gets really tough, but I think that for the most part, a large enough general enough metagame is hostile enough towards it that it shouldn't be, you know, the de facto number one best deck, like impossible to beat, blah, blah, blah. And magic online, I think is 
the big way that you can look at that where mm. a lot of people's yeah. collections are relatively fluid because, you know, either they're like super invested in magic and have, have a bunch of cards or they're using uh, something like hard hoarder or whatever to just rent a collection effectively. So I don't know, you know, five color has certainly had its moments of dominance on magic online, but it hasn't been a hundred percent consistent. And people are willing to play things like living end and Charbelcher and whatever. So I don't know. I mean, it, it seems fine to me. What? Okay. Let's, let's go back to like the very beginning, right? Where yes, I've been talking about this deck for like two months, but I've also been talking about how I am loath to shuffle 80 cards. Mm-hmm. How'd that That's, go? That sucked. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm just out. I, I can't do it. I know <laughs> you, I you, can't do it. You, you, you already do it. If you double sleeve a 60, I, but I will double sleeve an 80. So now I've had this just stupid, huge pile of cards and it, it's not happening. I, I offered to mail idea. you my deck. It would have been exactly as tall as a double sleeve 60. So, Well, lucky for you, I have a Pioneer tournament this weekend, not a modern tournament. So I don't need it yet. But I do know I have a modern tournament uh, on my calendar in September now. So maybe by then I will have to take you up on this offer and, and get, get this deck into my hands. Uh, well, I left it at Josh's. Oh, all right. Well, I'm screwed. Because I, dude, I kept offering it to people. Nobody wanted it. People kept turning me down. Uh, you know, Lindy at, at the PTQ was like, yeah, you know, maybe I would play that deck, but it's like really expensive or whatever. I'm just like, dude, take my deck. I are, I'd already offered it to you. You turned me down. Uh, there was a person in our Discord who was like, oh, yeah, great deck. I would love to play it, but it's too expensive. I was like, I'll mail it to you. I know you live in the Netherlands. I don't care. And, and they're like, nah. And then I was like, all right, Lindy, literally just take my deck. It's in my backpack. And he's like, no, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't give away a $2,000 deck. I don't understand. You're the, you're the worst card hoarder ever. Like nobody will subscribe to your service. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I don't really want to hold on to someone's $2,000 either, but. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, that liability is not great. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it, it, it's weird because. I can already feel like the the local metagame shifting a little bit where it's just like uh, people were just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Jerry's version was the best version of four color or whatever. And it's like if people mm. continue playing four color, I imagine they're at the very least going to try my my version. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. So do you want to give away the secret? Like you, you talked about matchups you were worried about and, you know, things you feared. Is it, is it just the usual suspects or are there other things like if they wanted to target specifically your deck, if people want to beat you, do you want to give them the secret sauce? Uh, let me, let me look real quick. I'm, I'm visual, right? So I need to have like the list of decks in front of me. Sure. And I'll just you. kind of go down the list. I, I was skimping on hammer hate. The 16th and 17th cards of my sideboard would have been Forza Vigors. Okay. Uh, but Sounds- hammer has just, mostly been getting trounced online up until the last couple weekends. And the last weekend, CrusherBot BG got first and second with the same 75 in two challenges. Impressive. And yeah, and they're also just a bunch of hammer lists in the top eight. So if if people are going to continue to skimp on hay for that deck, then I think that hammer is pretty good, pretty scary. Burn is always pretty scary, but I think I had enough stuff for it maybe I, I wish i would have had like a couple more cards to solidify things i don't know in in theory like maybe like tron is scary or living end is scary or whatever but yeah you, the super linears yeah and like they are but like you do have cards for the matchups 
and you have plans that are good against them. So I think their best bet is to play you early in the tournament when you don't necessarily know what other folks in like the top tables are on. So it's like, yeah, you keep like a removal heavy hand against Tron mm. or something and yep. you, you just get like a free game loss effectively. Uh, and then maybe they can get one of the other ones. So I like I played against Amulet, for example, and I kept like a pretty normal hand. And then it was just like, oh, my cards are just incidentally good against them. You know, like my solitudes and Teferi Bounce Your Saga or whatever. So I don't I don't think you get people as hard in those spots. But which Ron, you absolutely would. No, that's fair. Uh, I mean, that's like the versatility of your deck shining through. Right. And one of the reasons why the deck is so popular is it just incidentally plays a lot of good cards against a lot of the field. Oh, the Valka deck from the mocks. Okay. Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Very uh, tailored tool in that case. But still, if your field was infested with four color, you could take that approach. Yeah. I'm I'm in the like sub 1% of the metagame type of stuff. And it's like, I don't know, lantern. (laughs) Like, I, there are, there, are, there are definitely a lot of decks. It's like, you know, Dredge is like pretty fast, pretty scary, ad nauseum. Just a, a lot of stuff that you could play, but it's just the not weird that stuff. good. Yeah, the, the weird stuff that folds to a bunch of the other stuff in the field. Right. Yeah, that's a good sign. Good sign for five color. Good sign that things are lined up. Good sign that you made the correct choice for this tournament. So Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I think I did. And, you know, Josh played Murktide, and after doing that and like playing this deck that, is a like sub archetype that he's very familiar with and is proficient at playing and just seeing how difficult his games were and him eventually losing to four color and seeing like kind of how easy my games were and how I was like bumbling through it or whatever. He's just like, God, I might have to start shuffling 80 cards. Yeah. Just not worth all the struggles anymore. Just take the easy road. So yeah, for the deck carry you. Yeah. For Local metagame type of stuff. Maybe maybe it fits your area. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, yeah, my, my friend in Atlanta was just like, I, I don't think I've played a tournament where I haven't had to play against Murktide at least once because mm. I, I technically didn't. Uh, I played against Grixer Shadow, which is pretty close. But yeah, different. I say it's different enough that it's like worth noting. Game plans yeah. are different enough. Yeah, and I, I was just like, I don't know, like you're, you're. It seems sounds like his Murktides were replaced by like my four color matchups, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that this deck is certainly better against Murktide, but it still has a lot of game against four color too. So like maybe maybe it's even better for his area, except for what the random stuff might be. Because if there's a bunch of the hyper linears, well then maybe this is not the deck to play unless you know for a fact that the hyperlinears are all going to be one specific thing, then you can change your sideboard accordingly. But when you're like, yep. well, I need, you know, chalices and this Magus of the Moon and Force of Vigor and whatever, like you, you just end up spreading way too thin. Yeah, it's a lot to cover. That's That's been the thing about modern for a long time. And it's why there's always some benefit to having just like good proactive plans on your part and make your opponents answer what you're up to. Yeah, but other than that, I'm, I'm looking at... My deck list in the article, I was I was pretty happy with all of the stuff that I did. Like I, I kind of like cut Utopia Sprawl at the last minute, and that seemed to work out pretty well. Oath of Nissa was solid. At some point, I was like, I I don't see a reason for a second triumph because okay. I don't know. So so many of the lists like play two, right? And Jeskai Triumph is just like your first fetch, right? 
Yeah, so like Jeskai Triome into Snow Forest casts all your spells, right? It casts Ice Fang and Ren Six. Yep. And I've seen lists with either Jetmir, Sparas, or Ketria. And those are only good if you happen to only have like a fetch and then you drew like snow planes or something. Yeah. But but at that point, getting Ketria Triome isn't going to allow you to cast like Renin Six or Ice Fang unless you also draw another land anyway. Yep, makes sense to me. Yeah, so I was just like, I I don't want the second one. And yes, there are like weirdo backdoor situations where you naturally draw a Triome, get to cycle it, bring it back with Renin Six, whatever. And there was a, a point in one of my four color mirrors where I was like kind of flooded, but had Ren and had the Triome and was like, do I just play this or am I going to get time to cycle it? And I just didn't think I was going to have time. And I didn't. It's an extremely slow mana intensive line for a format like modern, even like given that you're a deck that has explosive mana potential, it still seems like a lot to invest for one card a turn. I think for the counterspell versions, maybe it's it's more reasonable to try and do that because you're playing like draw go okay. a decent so amount you get of the little, time. Yeah, inefficiency fill-ins, basically. Yeah. And with with this, with Risen Reef, like A, you have more resources just in general, but you also have like more stuff to do with your mana, yep. even outside of that. So maybe it's just it's different with this deck. And you don't need the second triumph. But I was like, I don't know, the second triumph just seems kind of silly. It was just like there for inertia. And I think that that's sort of like one of the things that I'm good at is just like, no, actually like this, this is kind of just like bullshit, right? I can just mm-hmm. like, I can just cut this, right? Like that's allowed. And I did, and it was completely fine. Uh, so I got third cavern souls in there, which is obviously great in the counter spell mirrors and against Merktide. So I was pretty happy with that. The man was pretty good. The sideboard was good. I did have the chalices that were just chilling there all day, but I'm very happy that I had them as insurance. Yep. yep. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is very rare that I play a tournament. And I'm like, oh, I won't change a card, but I, I don't think I would change a card from the list that I posted. That's cool. I mean, that's that's a great spot for our listeners, uh, our readers to be in where they can just go and use your advice. And hopefully we'll start to see some of those other results trickle in and other people taking taking home cues with your list. That would be really nice to to get some some of that going on again. Like we've both talked about, that's something that have, has been missing from this period of magic the other people finding success from our work. And I, I think like you starting to get that feedback will go a long way towards uh, making you feel good about what you do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the list is good. I think the plans are good. Obviously, again, there is the very small portion of the metagame that is fairly hostile towards you. But if you are picking up the deck for the first time, keep in mind that games can go very long and you can go to time. And this was, Maybe not as big of an issue as I potentially thought it was, but mm. I I played against Nagy in the Swiss, and we both knew that we we're playing the mirror because it was you know round three, and we sat next to each other already and stuff. So we were able to do things that like just turn one game one. We were able to like consciously try and play a little bit faster. Where it's like, all right, I'm gonna fetch a Jeskai Triumph, your turn, and then he would like go to his turn and be like, all right, I'm doing the same. And then, and then we would like shuffle and present instead of like, yeah, you know, me passing and then end of his turn going through the shuffling stuff. So it's like you, you just end up saving like precious seconds that way. And we ended up finishing with like four minutes on the clock. And I think that 
game three was like pretty fast just in general. Mm-hmm. So it's like we, we did need that time, you know, and hopefully your opponents can also play kind of quickly along with you. Uh, top eight was untimed. So it was like, okay, great. That's awesome for us. Bad for the store and for, you know, the judge and everything. Yep. But yeah, whatever. But yeah, just <clears throat> the most important thing outside of like, how do I play like this specific spot correctly? Or like, how do I sideboard in this matchup is like, just get used to how the deck operates and flows and functions. And yeah, just uh, get used to fetching different combinations of lands for whatever you need. Get used to like sequencing your lands and try to plan ahead of time of like how I'm going to best spend my mana, not only this turn, but like the next turn as well. And a lot of that happens to be cast your biggest spell when you have the opportunity to, so that you can double spell on the next turn, leave yourself more options. And I think that that knowledge and understanding of when I could like kind of take a a turn off and everything to just like play the bigger spell, even though it doesn't affect the board as much like those, those are the things that carried me the most and were the things that mattered way more than did I remember this bobble trigger. Mm. But as far as the bobble triggers are concerned, get a thing to put in the middle of the table. Like just, just do it. Don't, don't feel stupid about it. Don't feel bad about it. Just, just do it because with something like Shadow, it was like, okay, I'll bobble myself and then I'll fetch and then I'll like play a Tarmogoyf and pass. And not a lot is happening for you to then forget about the bobble trigger. Right. But this deck was, you know, bobble, fetch, play Risen Reef, resolve that trigger, play Solitude, resolve, you know, like a bunch of different Efe- things. Ephemerate, do, do yeah. 10 more things. Yeah. Right. So you do like five things and like, the turn ends and it's just like, Oh yeah, I just completely forgot about this thing. Even though I, I made it a point every single time to be like, all right, you know, bobble has happened. Right. Just like, remember that, but I didn't have a thing for the middle of the table and I wish I did. Yeah. Nothing wrong with using visual aids. Uh, this would be a huge leak of mine. So I would certainly have some method of keeping track. Yeah. I, I did not sleep particularly well leading up to the event. I, I think I got like four hours the night before and was getting like four hours for like the The, week. The last three years. Yeah. The week leading up to it at the very least. And that combined with like, Oh, we'll get food on the way. Oh, you know, we didn't really see anything to like, Oh, the tournament's starting. And then just like, uh, drinking like a Red Bull and a Mountain Dew to start the day. And then like not really drinking water as the day went on and everything. It was just like by the, round four or whatever i was like very tired very out of it starving probably dehydrated certainly by the end of it i was dehydrated where i just had like a pounding headache and everything so i i wasn't used to the the tournament life you know Mm. i i should have brought some peanuts i should have got a bottle of water and i think everything would have been great i would have felt fine but i was like you know medicated for adhd i had some caffeine and everything and just by top four i was destroyed i was gone i was so out of it you obviously did not uh read all the literature surrounding performance in magic events and it's just like a well established fact at this point that almonds are the actual key to winning ptqs like nobody i don't, I don't ever, like almonds so well, you, you can't win then you'll never make it as a pro magic player based on oh, what i've right. read if, if you aren't able to eat almonds you it's are tough never to find out this way brian 
I'm sorry. I, I hate to break it to you, but everything, I mean, like Will Jonathan said it, so it's got to be true, right? Like you just have to eat omelets. Oh, my God. <laughs> A deep cut there for oh the old school God. crowd. <laughs> I don't know if you can actually Google that dude and find out the information. Um might actually be erased from the internet now. Which or, is, yeah, or if you just need to know the right people or whatever to actually get the full story. But damn, it's an interesting one. All right. Uh, can I, can I steal some of your time now? Yeah, myself? sure. All right. I'm PTQing this weekend. Yeah. Pioneer PTQ on Saturday. I have decided to play Lotus field. Okay. Uh, well, I waffled a little bit in the midweek. I had like blue white built was considering like, mono green but ultimately i i have a theory i would like to test that theory i like to stick to that theory i practiced a bit which i know might seem pretty amazing but just gold fishing you know just sat down and goldfish for a while and i kind of already knew what i was up to i wasn't super concerned but it it was just good to like go through the deck and you know see the things that have changed see how it affects various lines and still feel very comfortable with it you know i i don't know that i end the game in the most efficient way possible every time. But again, this is one of those decks where like, that's probably like you can miss your bobble triggers here. Cause you have 73 mana and access to every card in your deck. So you'll figure right. it out eventually. Let me, let me say a thing here real quick. Please do. The times where I miss lethal or whatever, it's almost always because I found a different lethal. Okay. And so that just meant that I kind of stopped looking because I knew that the game was yeah, determined yeah. at that point. Sure. So as long as you know what you're doing leads to a victory and it's not like, oh, you know, leads to like 70% chance of a victory or whatever. And then you just stopped looking for a better line or whatever. It was like, no, it was like it leads to like 100% victory where, yes, they get an extra turn, but I have a counter spell and there's literally not a card in the format that could have or whatever, right? And I, I think that that's kind of what was going on with like the four color stuff with like the bobbles and everything was like, sure. Yeah. It's basically like I, I knew that I was winning with like all the stuff that I had done. And then it like the bobble just went out the window because it didn't matter anymore. So if you're finding yourself in those spots, it's not, th- it's not that bad. And like some people are going to like try and give you shit for it. But is again, as long as you are finding lethal, it, it doesn't matter. And I understand like why, you know, you would you would stop at like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll kill them with Leer instead of Ultimatum or whatever, you know, as long yeah. as you know you're going to win. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, this this is essentially like I'm I'm comboing off. I am I am good. I am safe. I am I am doing the thing. And as opposed to just being like, all right, this is the moment I can go get my approach, draw a bunch of cards. I'll go through like an extra cycle of pour over the pages. And, you know, I, I don't know the exact moment where I'm supposed to transition to. I can win, but it doesn't introduce any new vulnerability. Like you have Lear on the table, you have 16 cards in your hand. It just, it, it, it isn't going to matter. That's more the situation I'm talking about. Not knowing, like, it, it's not a situation where I don't know I can win in a various spot. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you you generally just like keep looking. It's not like, oh, I found a line, whatever. I'll just do it. Yep. Yep, exactly. So I'm very comfortable with the deck, but just like broadly speaking, what do you think I need to do to give myself the best chance of success in this tournament? You know, via make a sideboard guide ahead of time or watch some Lotus Field games. Like, just I have a couple hours worth of free time I could devote to practicing for this event. How would you suggest I spend it? I heard almonds are good. I don't know. Okay. Well, there you go. 
I will I will sit down and eat nothing but almonds for the next two days, and then I will certainly win. <laughs> no, I I watched uh, an episode of Players the night before, which is one of the things that kept me up because uh, I don't have Paramount and and Josh does, so <laughs> I watched it his place. Got to take advantage of that, sure. Yeah. Get those get those uh, streaming opportunities in when you can. The show's great. It, it like especially that episode. It was like the right amount of hype. It was like the Smash Brothers doc like level of hype. It was great. Okay. I will have to watch that show at some point. Do you have to watch it? And I think you'll enjoy it more than me. Probably. I, you know, I was pretty deep into League of Legends for a long time. So yeah. I, I think I'll take a lot away from it. So uh, realistically, though, I, I think it is do the opposite of what I did and just you know, make sure your your sleep schedule is good. We're getting old. Uh, I think that, that that helps a lot. As far as like gold fishing is concerned, I mean, that's what I did on and off for two months with the risen version. Basically it was like, Oh, you know, I'm putting laundry away and it's like, Ooh, there's, there's a deck sitting here. Like I'll sit down. It's sitting right on my kitchen counter. I just sit down and and goldfish every now and then. Yep. And that allowed me to figure out like the, the best way of sequencing for like risen reef and like what happens if I draw like the majority of my deck. And I was like, eh, like ephemerates fine. But you don't want to draw too many, so I like cut it down to two, and then I realized that like when I was comboing with Risen Reefs and the pitch elementals, is like you really needed three to get anywhere close to dealing twenty damage, mm-hmm. and to also just like be able to keep keep the chain going, basically of like blinking your Omnath in the middle of it to reset it so that you can like continually make mana and, and get ahead that way. So like that, honestly, that's why I have three ephemerates in my deck was going back and like gold fishing two months of gold fishing yeah yeah so i i do think that that helps a lot um i mean especially for a deck like lotus right yep but for, for you i think the best thing that you could do is try and find other people's sideboarding guides like already sit and think about your own right but then go check your work against someone else's yeah, so here's my thing with Lotus Field is that I mostly do not want a sideboard. There's very few cards that I'm actually actively bringing in because you mostly have a wish board. You have your Fae of Wishes, Mastermind's Acquisition stuff. Yeah, but you so, still have like Disputes or Supreme Verdict. For and sure, stuff like for that. sure. But I, I think those are like almost always going into some very specific slots. Like the Galvanic Iteration spot is one where you can bring that in. Uh, Arboreal Grazer is another card where like occasionally you're not going to want that card. But I think that's mostly rare. Like you have to know you're playing at a slow pace. But the decisions to me for when it comes to sideboard are very face up. And I, I think I understand it well. And I, honestly, I'd rather trust myself when it comes to that type of thing, because I do think that's the type of thing I excel at. Like I'm really good at sideboard planning and something I expect to know better than other people. Uh, not to say there's anything wrong with checking your work. I think that's probably a good approach. Like just understand what other people are doing. Right. And I mean, there, there are also moments where maybe you bring in one of your wish targets or two against something like blue white control to be a little bit more threat dense or whatever, you know, it's like, think about those things. And that's all I'm saying is check your work. Like definitely don't then automatically start believing someone else over you or whatever, but it's just a reality check. That's all it is. No. And that's a good way to look at magic content in general. That's what I always tell people like, yes, here's my thing. Use it to inform yourself and then make your own conclusions. I think that's what magic content is for. If you ever want to be like, I guess, great at the game, I think you have to ultimately take that step. There's nothing wrong with just being like a busy person who gets sideboard guides and plays those sideboard guides Correct. Uh, note for note. Uh, I totally accept that. Some people aren't going to have time for the level of devotion it takes to like 
actually develop that level of understanding. But to get to a higher level, I do think you need to get those instincts good. And then you just take in information from other people and use it to inform your own conclusions. Right. And I, I did that with building the Merktide sideboard guide for Josh, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, it wasn't like super helpful. Like some of it was like, oh, that's interesting that like this person does that. I, you know, I wonder why that is. And then I get to think about that. And that's, that's interesting. Yeah. But, but a lot of it was just, you know, this is how I think this is going to go. This is what I think like some of the weaker cards are. And then it feels good to then see that like other people are doing the same stuff. And it's not like yep. in one place, it's in like three different places or something. So I, I don't expect you to have as much Lotus field sideboard guide information out there as like Merktide sideboard guide information. Cause there's just like a lot of Merktide com- content. So, you know, maybe, maybe you won't find like multiple sources to confirm things with or whatever. Yeah, but. man. I, where do you even go from, from, I guess I'm going to YouTube. I don't, I don't even know where I would go. I, I can't even guess. Like I can find old stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. But, but I mean, if, if the lists look relatively the same, then I think that that's fine. I think, uh, it depends how old we're talking. Uh, I did do a cursory Google a few days ago, and it was mostly like too old to be useful. I, I think Lear coming into the deck is like a, a pretty substantial game changer. Like sure. I, everything functions definitely with that card. Which, by the way, because I knew I was playing Lotus Field, I got all my stuff together. You know, I was very prepared. Got my Lear quite some time ago. Lost it. Have no idea where it is. It's somewhere <laughs> in my house. Like I, I know it was here. It's possible. Like it. Could have gotten thrown out, I guess. Like, you know, Janelle was cleaning up or something and Lear didn't make it. So, yeah, all this hard work to prepare went out the window. Uh, but thankfully, my my good buddy, the Bricycle, who's who's also responsible if you're an Arena Decklist uh, patron, he's the king of the post office. So he's, yeah. he's the reason all that stuff got in your hands. But he had a Lear and was able to, uh, you know, get me the last couple cards I needed. So I am now set. And I did order another one. Maybe it'll be here in the mail when I go check the mail today. Um, but, you know, after recording a whole podcast talking about preparation, I felt pretty stupid to have prepared and then just straight <laughs> up lost the card. Yeah, make sure you have your cards, too. One of the other things that happened that was kind of weird was we roll into the store and uh, just, like, double check that we're registered. And then it's like, are we supposed to fill out our deck on Melee? And they're like, I don't know. Just fill out a paper one. And it's like, okay, this is weird. And then I was like, I need to buy some cards. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're not we're not open. We're not going to open until the tournament starts. And it's like, isn't that what? isn't that kind of the point? I will never understand that. And like I've this this store's not alone. I've seen it for actual years where stores just like aren't selling cards. But yeah. Yeah. So, weird. yeah, make make sure you have your cards. Since I only needed two cards, they're like, oh, fine. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go do this or whatever. But it was I like, guess I'll conduct the business that my store exists to do. Yeah. So I don't know. That was kind of weird. But yeah, make sure you have your Lear beforehand. Uh, yeah, I will. So there some was other, some of the other stuff I was missing. I was like, I can I can find suitable. Like I didn't have a, a maze mind tome for the sideboard. I'm like, I can live without that. But the, the Lear I could not live without. So. Right. There was a GP or something where I, you know, sold some stuff to a vendor and like bought some stuff. And then I had some credit left from trade in. Uh, so like we had, we had already like conducted the deal and I'd like put my stuff away and then it was like, oh, I have like 60 bucks left or whatever. And so I just walked through and was like, oh yeah, just, you know, give me a, a chalice to the void or whatever. So they, they give me a chalice and I was like, yeah, maybe at some point I'll pick up like second and third copy of these for whatever. But in the meantime, I was like, this is just a one-off chalice. This is not very helpful for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
because I put all my stuff away, I didn't want to take it all back out to then put the chalice away. So, mm-hmm. you know, like when you get like a pack of KMCs and they're just like in 40s in the little plastic bags. Yep. And so like you sleeve a 75 and then you have like a little baggie with five sleeves in it or whatever. Yep. Did you chuck your chalice in there and then throw it out? I chucked my chalice in there and then I kept it, but I don't know where it ended up. Okay. So I, I don't know if I'm just going to be like going through a box at some point and I'm going to find this. Like now I'm, I'm very cognizant of it, that it exists somewhere. Yeah. That's the way I feel about this Lear. Like I, I yeah. know it was in my house and like what I probably did was said, Oh, put it here. So you remember it and then can find it when you need it. Cause it, it was one of the first cards I ordered. So it showed up before, like I had a pile going on my desk. So I probably, uh, I don't know, put it in some random box. Uh, yeah. Maybe years from now I'll finally find it. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel about the chalice. Like anytime I find like one of those little baggies with, you know, like some KMCs in it or whatever, I'm going to be like, there's a chalice in the middle of here for sure. Uh, it'll be a nice surprise when it finally rears its head. Or, or it's gone forever and I'm just going to forever be looking for this thing that like very definitely doesn't exist, but whatever. And it will hang over you like a dark chalicey cloud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your PTQ is Saturday? I think so. I, I could be wrong about that, quite frankly, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Saturday. Okay, register for these things, dude. Because- I have registered. I, okay. I am registered. At some point, it's either Saturday or Sunday. At some point before then, I will look and know. But okay. I, I registered immediately. I'm, I'm already set. All right. Well, you know, for other folks, like a lot of these events do have caps. Not yep. all of them are hitting those caps, but it's I think it's like pretty easy to hit a cap of, you know, 40, 50, 60 people potentially, depending yeah, on what else is going on that weekend. So be aware of that. Definitely, definitely do that stuff and try and be as prepped as possible. Uh, but do you, so you just have one this weekend, right? Because there's two of them on the same day. Yes, okay. yeah, only one this weekend. Well, that stings, but also I don't know if I could have managed to play in like Saturday and Sunday. So I have a feeling I will feel very similar. We'll see. I'm I'm going into this with uh, with an an open heart, willing to accept whatever the experience is. I might be miserable and like just be sitting there by myself and leave, and we'll see. But I I am hoping to have a good time. I'm hoping to feel some of the things I I used to feel around Magic. It, it, frankly, it's been too long since I got excited to play a tournament and like got into the thick of things where there were stakes and, you know, potential for a finish that could actually uh, matter to me. So I I hope I get to experience that this weekend. Yeah, it was fun. You know, once I think like the middle of it was more fun because I got to like shake off the anxiety and then it was before I started feeling sick. Yeah. Uh, And then it was just, yeah, this like feels nice and normal. Right. Good. Yeah. Good to return to the old ways. Oh, so a while ago also, we'll, we'll close with this. A while ago, you asked, you know, like what my mindset was going into these. Like, am I tryharding yep. or uh, just like blocking for people or whatever? But uh, so was supposed to play against Josh in top four if he won his match. And then he lost. Yep. And I was like, well, damn it. Because I knew that I was going to just immediately concede to Josh. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, well, I'm I'm playing against like this this acquaintance basically like we're not we're not super tight or anything it's like well should i offer to concede and it's like well there's not a whole lot on the line it's like right so nah who cares whatever i'll just i'll i'll just play and then end up winning opponent opponent who i just beat was i don't know they they said something i was like i don't know i might just concede and he's like don't don't do that i'd feel bad and it's like well i mean if you wanted me to concede you like you could ask me or whatever right 
And yeah. so also like now I'm in, a, I, I get to do whatever I want. Right. And like you can't really feel bad about it, but so then they're like, go outside and I'm like talking to Josh and it's like, well, you know, should I, should I like offer to concede or anything? Should I just win? Whatever. And I, I don't know. It, I just felt weird about the whole thing, but then basically like the end result for every match was like, I sit down, I don't say anything. They don't say anything. We just play. Yeah. And, I, I think you should just erase this whole debate from your mind. I think you should just sit down and play. Honestly, I think you'll have a better time if you're not weighing this stuff. And like, if someone asks you and you're like, yeah, Okay, like in that moment, you can make the decision. But well, I think they can't you can't ask stop me anymore because I'm not playing any more of these tournaments. Okay, so. yeah, yeah, this is hypothetical. But yeah. I, I think the best way to approach it is just like, and like I had a, I had the same situation with with the Flesh and Blood tournament where like I, I'm, I'm not booked to cover this show yet. The, the Nationals, uh, I'm kind of like half assuming I'll do it. Maybe I won't. Maybe I, maybe I'll just go and play. But like I didn't, I didn't care a lot about getting the qualification. So. I, I at some point thought like, well, am I supposed to be conceding to my top eight opponent who was like a very nice person and, you know, was very excited to potentially go to nationals and asked me, am I going to nationals if I win? And I basically said, well, I'm, I'm going. I don't know if I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to play, man. Like, that's what we're here for. Let let things sort themselves out. And I'm going to stop worrying about this. And uh, I felt better after I made that decision. So. I think it's a useful tool for people like us who aren't like a hundred percent committed to the idea of like, I have to win this thing and know like we can maybe make somebody's day by just letting them win. I, I don't, I don't think people want that a lot of the times. Like I think they want the experience of getting the win. And even if they think they want that, I think in the long term maybe it's just better to, to just play and let the game be what it is. Yeah. I mean that, that's what ended up happening and I don't feel bad about it. So there, there might be some truth to that, you know, but uh, also on, on the drive up, I was thinking about just like all of that. Right. And yeah. how 20 years ago being like a broke child, it mattered way more to maximize mm-hmm. equity and mm-hmm. try and get like the extra 50 bucks out of the weekend or whatever. And it's like, I mean, realistically, if, if I was hard off for 50 bucks, I should just not play the event, but right. it, it is what it is. Right. And now I'm not hard up right now, but I am effectively unemployed, <laughs> you know, so maybe I will be hard up next year. Who knows? But I don't know. Just no, you're, the, you're in the professional match at the gathering circuit now. You're basically set. Oh, yeah. You, you set have a whole life. career lined up in front of you. Uh-huh. I don't know. Just like thinking about collusion and like the secret handshakes and how to say the right stuff without getting DQ'd. And like, if you know, you know. And I was just like, man, maybe I should just make this the Twitter discourse. Just... Uh. Not not I woke up and chose violence. It was I did a two hour drive at 9 p.m. in 95 degree weather with no air conditioning and then chose violence. That that sort of thing where it was just like, you know, how do we feel about collusion? Are we still colluding anymore? <laughs> do we feel like this is a thing that's good? Like, should it be legal? The answer, of course, is it should just not not be legal. Right. Like, yeah, I'm off it, man. I don't I don't want to fuck with it anymore. Yeah, but like it, it's a thing that's there and I can't not exploit a system. You know what I mean? You could lead the way though. I mean, like you're right. And I I think like there's something to be said for players who are like notable leading the charge. Just be like, I don't do this stuff. And that's, that's always like what's going to change the public perception of whether this is right or not. Like, is it within the rules? Yeah, probably kind of mostly. Is it something that makes the game better? Nah, not at all. So I, I'm just off it at this point. Yeah, I mean, the best thing about being in the MPL, 
of which there were not. You weren't allowed, right? Yeah, you you just straight up were not allowed to concede ever. Awesome. And it's just like, how do you police that? And it's like, I don't know, but you know. But it worked, right? Like that that statement alone was enough to do it. Like it's kind of unpoliceable and you know a little arbitrary. But once you lay out that guideline, then people fall in line. That's kind of my point with like being someone who leads the charge. Of I just play my games. The more that's the culture, the more people will embrace it. Right. Yeah. Just once, once it was like, hey, we frown upon this. Like, please don't do it. it. It wasn't like, ooh, okay, how do I get around this rule? It was, no, you're right. I just won't engage with this stuff at all. And part of it is I can say that I'm not going to do it, but then what happens in six months, 12 months or whatever, where I'm in a spot where it's like, I feel bad and feel like I should. And the person is asking me or whatever, but like having the backdrop of no wizards literally won't let me do, let me do this. You know, it's like that makes me not feel bad about telling someone else. No. Right. Whereas the spot that I'm in now, it's just like, I don't know if someone asks, I'm just going to be like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I feel that. I I mean, I, I, I truly do understand where you're coming from and feel the exact same thing when someone asks me and I'm just like, why not? Why would I care? And why would I not let this person do the thing? Right. But I think like if, if you, if you love the game and you love what it represents and you love the competition and it's not just like this vehicle for equity, which it is, if you treat it that way, by the way, it's just stupid. Like it's a horrible vehicle for equity. So like, why are you making these decisions? And because, I get necessity because it's not binary. That. It's not binary. It's not like, oh, this is only equity and nothing else because it's like fun plus maximizing equity, you know? Yeah. No, I, I know. I know. I'm like half devil's advocating, half believe what I say. Like I, I yeah. do just want a world where it's not an option to concede. Like Same. I just wish it was impossible. Same, dude. I just I, I just want to be incentivized to play and then not have people make me feel awkward about it or whatever. Yep. And yep. yeah, I'm just like not in a spot where if you ask me, I'm not going to feel awkward about it because, you know, for, for your nationals, it's like, I'm kind of in the same spot where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to go to Atlanta. I might, I might go to Atlanta and like stay at a friend's house and not go to DreamHack on right. that weekend because yep. like they, they removed the mask mandate and everything. So like, I, I don't know. It's like, do I want to actually engage in that? But at, at, at the same time, it's like, well, I'd like to have the option. Sure. And no, you that, get to that's make a decision. Now, and it's and like, if that's what you play for, that's totally fine. I think like that's acceptable. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think we're all in the event, like playing for the same thing. I think it is completely fine for someone to just be like, I want to win the tournament, even though I know that I'm hundred percent not going, you know? And I, yeah. I think that that should be allowed and accepted, but instead people are like, Oh, you stole this thing from me. And it's like, no, because you know, you did not win and I can do with it whatever I want. Correct. I think you're correct. Just like, it's you know, like don't somewhat rub it in. callous, but it's really not. Yeah. Don't rub it in. Don't make them feel bad. And yeah, I, the, the callous thing I, I relate to because it's like, I, I don't want to appear that way, you know, right. but it's just the, the way the system is like set up and designed. And for so much, so many years, it was like part of the culture where if you were on the in and you knew the stuff and the right things to say or whatever, it's just like, it should have never gotten to that point. Nope. And and you think about how many other things that were part of the culture, like being a dick to people was part of the culture. Being like exclusive was part of the culture. Like all these things were part of the culture. So I 
I think like rejecting those things uh, wholesale is just net. It's net good. It's net good for Magic. It's net good for every game to just like move past gaming roots and the way gaming used to be because it wasn't a good place. And we have a capacity to make it a better place now. And I think I do think this is part of it, actually. Yeah, I do, too. Just let people play. Their reasons are their reasons. And I mean, they they have. uh, Like their their reasons for believing that that stuff and feeling that way or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, there's no reason to like criticize someone or drag them down as a result of that. Like who, who the hell are you to tell someone that they should concede or like can't play in the tournament if they're not going to use the slot or whatever. It's just like grow up. Yep. I agree. And, and to, to be fair, I had to grow up to reach this conclusion because I would have been someone complaining about the other side of it, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, so. of course. But I also didn't have anyone telling me to grow up, you know? Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> I, I had fair the people enough. that were just like, no, you, you say X, Y, and Z and they can never. <laughs> like, yeah, anymore. never grow up. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's how I feel about the stuff. I just, I just don't want to be put in an awkward position and it, it is definitely weird, you know, sitting down for a match and it's like, God, are they going to ask? Like, please just like, don't ask me, please just, you know, and then thankfully everyone just like sat down and played and it was awesome. Yeah, that's great. But like certainly in those moments leading up to it, it's just like, I, I don't want to deal with this to the point where like, maybe I should just ask first or whatever. Yep. But yeah, just okay. make it illegal or whatever. We can we can police it ourselves, if as long as like we're all on the same page, you know. Agreed. Agreed, one hundred percent. All right, GL this weekend. Let me know how it goes. And will do. I'm putting myself at a six percent. By the way, to win. Okay. A little bit lower than your estimate, but yeah. I have faith. Okay. Game. Good luck.